1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard As European football makes way for the League Cup Rangers are looking back to winning ways when they host Dunfermline Celtic eased past Jablonets with a David Turnbull-inspired win To set up a meeting with Alkmaar St Johnston lose to Galatasaray but drop into the Europa Conference League Where they'll join Aberdeen as Hibs crash out I'm Gordon Duncan, joining me tonight is Jim Duffy and Hugh Evans. I am going to call this the didn't-see-that-coming season the last two weeks have defied logic and understanding After the defeats from Mitchelland and Hearts Who would have thought that Celtic would score 13 goals in their next three games And catch fire under Ange Postacoglu And at the same time Who would have thought that Rangers would have lost three in a row And gone out of the Champions League Is it any wonder Jim I can't get a prediction right? Well, I don't think many people have got predictions right over the last couple of weeks, Hugh. I think particularly to Ibrox uh, during the week when one nothing up uh, at half-time against 10 men. Um, I think the only positives I think Rangers can take from that was the support. I think in the first half hour, it's just probably uh, the best atmosphere I've seen at Ibrox in a long, long time. I know people think, well, OK, there's not been fans in, but I'm talking about over the last 10, 20 years even. It was an incredible atmosphere, and I think that the, the players really responded to it, and then it kind of backfired. A little bit similar with St Johnston. You know, again, I thought that was a fantastic crowd. I mean, it's traditionally what they get, two, two, three oh, thousand yeah. probably. So again, a fantastic atmosphere at McDermott Park and a great uh, effort from them, unfortunately losing out eventually to Galatasaray. And at Celtic Park last night, again, atmosphere fantastic. When they were all doing the huddle, I thought it was amazing. So it's great to have all the fans back in again. And I think the football is responding, albeit that disappointing result for Rangers during the week. 0141-951-1025. Pick up that phone, let us know. What is on your mind? We do have a big game at Ibrox tonight. Rangers against Dunfermline. Stephen Gerrard's side look to get back to winning ways. So are you on your way to the game? Pick up the phone. Let us know how you're feeling. If you're sitting down to watch it at home, give us all the usual pre-match thoughts. Who should play tonight? Are Rangers looking to freshen things up? Are there a couple of players there who have not been impressing you and you think someone else deserves a chance? Does it need to be full strength because of the recent couple of weeks? Whatever your pre-match thoughts are, get them in. Pick up that phone And of course Celtic fans Were you there last night? How good was it to be back? Share all your memories Share all your uh, observations from the game David Turnbull getting two goals Another convincing win Another impressive attacking performance What did you make of it last night? 01419511025 Let's go to Ibrox actually We'll get a flavour of the build up there With Andrew McLean yeah, not quite the same buzz outside the stadium as there was in the build-up to Tuesday's match with Rangers desperately needing to get back to winning ways out of the Champions League, qualifying after three defeats on the bounce. The first time they've lost three in a row since 2015. Stuart McCall was in charge at the time when they lost to Hibs and then twice to Motherwell in the promotion playoffs at the end of that season. And domestic cup competitions haven't quite worked out for Steven Gerrard yet in his time at Ibrox, have they? He says that's something they're looking to put right this season and that's why he says he won't be making too many changes to the team 
tonight. As for Dunfermline, well, they did well to get through the group stages of this competition, but they have just one point from their opening two championship games under Peter Grant. It's also 49 years since the Pars beat Rangers here, Jim Leishman scoring a hat-trick in that game in 1972. The team news should be coming out shortly, so I'll get that to you as soon as I can. 1972, Hugh, do you remember it well? I remember <laughs> it very well. Uh, Big Leish, an old pal of mine from back in the day, uh, 18,000... Is it right? 18,006 days since Jim Leishman uh, <laughs> uh, recorded that beat. I'm very much afraid another old pal of mine, Peter Grant, will have to be the whipping boy tonight, though, because after three defeats in a row, Rangers will make Dunfermline pay uh, for the pain that they have gone through in the last week. Dunfermline, uh, not in good form anyway. They lost three goals at home to Partick Thistle while losing last weekend. And I think Stephen Gerrard will make Dunfermline pay for what happened against Malmo I don't know if there's ever an extra pressure Or an extra incentive Jim Because ultimately Rangers are expected to win every game They haven't done well in cup competitions Under Steven Gerrard So that is important Then you add in the last couple of games Fans going along there are expecting a response Yeah I think that uh, you know The last couple of years in particular um, Rangers have been a work in progress As you looked at it But I think this year Most Rangers fans would have expected them you know, to, to really come out the traps and, you know, the first game against Livingston, they won comfortably. But obviously that defeated in the United and then the disappointing result in Europe. I think there's a, there's been a few negative comments, probably for the first time in a long time around Stephen Gerrard uh, and, and some of the players. So they've got to get a response. But I think the firm will make it awkward for them. I mean, if you're in if you're in their camp, you'd be saying, listen, if we can keep this tight, if we can make it a wee bit edgy, mm-hmm then let's see how the Rangers players respond to that. So I think it'll be an uncomfortable evening. I think Rangers will go through. But I do think this is a big tournament for Rangers. I think it's a big... This cup tournament, I think, is really, really important. I think that... uh, yeah, most people I think before the start of the season thought the Rangers would probably go and win the treble but uh, recent results I think they, you know, there's, there's questions still to be answered there Do you think the last couple of games will influence the Rangers team selection tonight? No I think you would have always changed the team And regardless. you think he still will? I think he will I yeah. think he will yeah I still think he will because you know he's got he's obviously got a huge squad there um, I think he's going to freshen things up I think if he'd have looked at the the, the tie even you know if they won the game uh, you know in midweek I think just a few days between games I think he was Always, he'll always change so I'll be surprised if there's not four or five changes but they won't be experimental you know no. he, he's obliged to put out a strong side he's uh, determined to win the match because he's been here three years and he knows that, that four defeats in a row would be absolutely yeah. unthinkable he ha- Malmo was a disaster for Rangers there is no other word applicable a financial disaster for Rangers and they better get back on the horse quickly Okay, Rangers fans, what are you thinking ahead of the game tonight? Pick your team. Who would you play? Is there anyone you would give a chance to after some disappointing results? How important does tonight become on the back of the last few disappointments? Pick up the phone and let us know. Celtic fans, were you at the game last night? What was it like? It's been a long old time coming for you to experience that full house. How good was it on and in the stands? Let's hear from you. 01419511025. Chris is first up tonight as a Celtic fan. What imp- what impressed you most about last night's performance, Chris? To be honest, as, as, I, as I said to Sir before, as I say, what we've done is under Postacoglu, if we can keep the same back four, you know, Taylor on the left, whoever, if we need a new right back, then fine. Ralston's doing okay. As long as he keeps that middle two virtually the same, barring injury, I think we've got a chance this year. 
I think Abada looks a player Kyogo looks a player Ryan Christie now is back to looking like a 20 million pound player And, I, and as I, I've, I've always liked David Turnbull So as I say I think this year we can get a chance now I think we can take the title back I, 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 I see Rangers struggling this season uh, You can understand why Celtic fans were Delighted with what they witnessed last night Yeah um, I've often said that Rangers fans live off Celtic's misery And Celtic fans live off Rangers' misery So the Celtic fans are living off The Rangers' defeat to Malmo And the two defeats which came before that But I have to disagree with Chris I don't think that the back four Is good enough I think Celtic need to bring in Top quality Into that area of the park I commend Anthony Ralston And I've said before He has shown moral courage To withstand all the pressure The fact that a lot of Celtic supporters Didn't want him in the team at all And I commend him for his performances Likewise Greg Taylor But Starfelt is still to find his feet for me Welsh is doing very well uh, But I still think that Celtic need to Upgrade the back four Or it could tell on them It may well be the case Jim But at ten past six The mm. night after An impressive European mm. win it, it makes a bit more sense To at least kick off With what, what was good last night And what will be Encouraging the Celtic fans Yeah I think the, the way that um, As Postacoglu's Set his team up With uh, you know Those inverted fullbacks As he likes to call them You know with uh, Ralston in the pitch A little bit And Taylor in So it gives them more numbers there When the likes of Turnbull And Christie can go forward And support McGregor sitting most of the time so it's, it's a different it's, it's, it's a slightly different um, tweak on the shape but uh, it, for, for those players that get involved in the game I think you've you've still got to look at one or two little aspects particularly in the, in the first leg against Jablik when they, they lost goals in those areas in those channels um, and that's the thing the better teams and the, and, the, and the teams with a little bit more quality and less fearful of Celtic will then exploit those spaces but you know, I, I think that going forward, Celtic are very slick, they move the ball very quickly. Um, you know, they're creating a good number of chances and more importantly, this time around, they're taking them. I think they've always created chances, unfortunately, mm-hmm. last season they didn't take um, enough of them. But so far, uh, and, uh, you know, once, um, you know, Ange Postecoglou's kind of getting his own uh, players in, um, they're, they're definitely gelling and I think they're an improving team, Celtic. I think, like you, there's still more to come and if they get a... Possibly an experienced centre back in uh, to to give them that competition with Stephen Welsh and uh, and, and Starfield. Then yeah, I think I think they, they will be more consistent this year. Uh, let's hear from Ange Postecoglou. Hang on the line, Chris, and we'll get your thoughts. He says the Celtic fans played their part as they progressed to the Europa League playoffs. It was a three 0 win last night, seven two on aggregate, and it sets up a tie with Dutch side AZ Alkmaar. Great tempo. I think we fed off the energy of the crowd really well. Um, and you know, created some good opportunities to score more than, more than one or two goals. Um, yeah, we lost our way a little bit last sort of 15. We, we, we just complicated things a little bit. Then second half again, we started really brightly and put them under pressure. And um, you know, I think overall, considering the, the heavy schedule we're in, you know, the players and, and the expectations and demands I put on players in terms of the style of football, I thought you know it was a it was it was a good victory and a good performance tonight. They didn't undersell it to me, and and it overdelivered. So um, it was uh, it was it was brilliant. And um, you know, for me, that's that's what football's all about. You know, it's great it's great to have success and to win, but to to have these kinds of experiences is why I fell in love with the game in the first place. So 
um, it was great to, to be a part of it and, and I think they played their part tonight, particularly um, as I said with, with the players in, in the middle of a, a pretty hectic schedule that you know at times when we looked like maybe we were running on empty they, they'd find the energy because you know the, the, the crowd noise is incredible. Do you think the players fed off that last night Chris? It's been a long time since there was a full noisy Celtic Park. Do you think it was reflected in the performance? Definitely, as I say, I think that that that's that was. I, I, I don't want to put it down to that last year, but what what I did notice is in previous seasons when Celtic maybe one down or a goal down, the crowd got up and you can and it spurs the team on. Last year, you you go a goal down, there's no noise, and it's there's there's nobody that spurs you on, and it maybe that benefited Rangers in a way because if they had fifty thousand every week demanding to win. I mean, you've noticed it against Malmo and you noticed it against Dundee United. Twice, the crowd against you, the crowd up. Malmo scored, sucked the life out of the crowd and there was no real, there was no noise and they couldn't respond. I think this year, because of the crowd and the noise and getting behind the team, I think this year could be very productive. Okay, we'll leave it there. Thank you very much. That was Chris, a Celtic fan from Govan 01419511025. We're going to hear more from Ange Postacoglu. We want to hear more from you. Were you at the game last night, Celtic fans? That's the the, the, the ones I really want to hear from would be the fans who can come in and share and tell what the atmosphere was like. Of course, if you listened on the radio or watched on TV, you're more than welcome as well. Uh, pick up the phone and let us know what it was like. Um, Rangers playing tonight, though, as well. So let's bring in Brian, who's a Rangers fan from Suffolk. What are you thinking ahead of this game tonight, Brian? Good evening, gents. How are you doing? Good, how are you? Hope you're all well. Good. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> Rangers have played four games this season, and I, I, as far as I'm concerned, they haven't played well in any of them. There's a 50-minute spell against Livingston where I thought they were dreadful, to be honest. And what, what my big problem is, I mean, it's, it's taken me till tonight to phone in because Tuesday night I was raging, Wednesday night. I'm nearly 64 years of age. And I seem to be getting worse, to be honest. The older I'm getting, the more passionate I'm getting. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what, what's causing that. But I, I just think that some of the players, and I've never been a, Bar- a Barisic fan. Never. I know we won the league last year, and that was our main aim. Our main aim was to stop 10 in a row and win 55. Totally, I totally understand that. But Borna Barisic, for me, he can't tackle, he can't header the ball. If he doesn't cross properly, he's no good to us. Absolutely no good to us whatsoever. Gordon Dale loves him for some strange reason. I, I just don't get where, it's, where he gets that from, to be honest. Well, I mean, Jimmy, he was very good last season, um, but he obviously didn't start brilliantly at his Rangers career, and now this season again, people are still waiting to see the best of him. But he had a good season last season, yeah. did he not? I mean, I think, Brian, if Brian looked around probably Europe and looked at any pretty much fullback these days, top level fullback, you'd find it very few of them. Uh, are great defenders very few of them can actually head the ball uh, or, or overly aggressive for that matter but what you'll find is that you know they, they, they all play um, high up the pitch they, 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 they're with from all the team they probably have more assists than any other uh, player on the pitch these days it used to be midfielders now it's fullbacks so it's a different game listen the game has evolved and uh, fullbacks have a different role to play now and, and Barisic has done very well over the last couple of years in that role and Tavernier at the same side um, Again yeah They do have defensive uh, deficiencies But The way Rangers play um, His primary uh, job Isn't to, to To head the ball to the back post It's to supply 
Um, and as I said, and, and, but Stephen Gerrard did say the other night there they were throwing too many crosses in against Malmo against a big organised defence with a back five in there. So they had to move the ball a bit quicker and differently. So the one thing I would say in those type of games, and I've said it for the last couple of years, I still believe Rangers are short of that type of player. I think they've always been short of it Even when they won the league I think they scored a lot of goals But if Kent isn't going past people Which I didn't think he was the other night there I don't think they have the guy Who can link up that play And, and, and play enough mm. of those If you want to call it um, kind of Killer, killer passes, passes yeah. in the final third Ryan's personal whipping boy is Barisic Others will pick Ryan Kent Others will pick Balligan Who had a poor game Others will go for Tavernier This is what happens when you lose three in the bounce When you have cost yourself potentially Tens of millions of pounds And gone out of the Champions League uh, We are now in scattergun territory Brian, is this the ideal game To, to bounce back Because it, you're up against a, a Championship side And not a confident, informed Championship side at that Or th- does that bring its own anxieties Because it's a, a, a bit of a no-win situation It's own pressures, Gordon yeah. It really does I mean, going back to what Jim said Jim said that Barisic, uh, yeah, looking back, to, looking at Europe, but at least Tavernier can beat a, beat, a, beat a person. Barisic doesn't beat people. He doesn't. He just passes the ball back. He, he cannot go up that wing and beat somebody. Tavernier does. Sometimes Tavernier's crosses are not great, but at least he can put the ball through somebody's legs or he can run past somebody. Barisic doesn't do it. And Hugh, this is not hindsight. This is, this is, this is not hindsight for me. I've never been a fan of him. Never been a fan of him. Even even last season, Brian, when we know when he was getting various assists and, and playing a key part, and he just he, he, he falls at every every opportunity. I just I just mm. I just feel we're so weak down that side. Where the teams are targeting that side. Well, let's find out, Brian, if he's going to play tonight because the team is out. We were debate. It wasn't a lengthy debate, but how many changes would be made? Andrew McLean has the answers. Yeah, there's a lot of changes. Eight for Rangers tonight after that 2-1 defeat to Malmo on Tuesday. Out go Alan McGregor, James Tavernier, Leon Balogun, Borna Barisic, Scott Arfield, Stephen Davis, Alfredo Morelos and Ryan Kent. In come John McLaughlin, Nathan Patterson, Jack Simpson, Calvin Bassey, John Lundstrom, Glenn Kamara, Kamar Roof and Yanis Hadji. So it will be John McLaughlin who starts in goal at Ibrooks tonight. The back four, Nathan Patterson, Connor Goldson, Jack Simpson and Calvin Bassey. The midfield three, John Lundstrom, Glenn Kamara and Joe Rebo with Scott Wright and Yanis Hadji supporting Kemar Roof up top. The substitutes, McCrory, Tavernier, Hellander, Itten, Kent, Morelos, Kelly, Barisic and Arfield. Happy with that, Brian? I like the change. I like the changes, yeah. And I hopefully, obviously, I hope the team do well tonight. I really do. But I just, I'm not. As I said, last season was my. That was the, that was the pinnacle for me. So I just, I'm just a bit concerned this season. And I know some Rangers fans have been on saying, "Oh, you're, you're panicking." I'm not panicking, but I'm just a bit concerned, shall we say, that the way things are going. Uh, and so, I mean, the corner goals is not saying the contract. If he doesn't want to sign a contract, get him gone. He shouldn't be holding He shouldn't be holding The team to, to ransom Okay Brian We'll have to leave it there Thank you very much That was Brian in Suffolk Eight changes To that Rangers team tonight Pick up the phone Let us know what you make of them uh, Celtic fans Keen to hear from you As well On the back of last night's win What impressed you What did you make of it What about the crowd Were you there We'll hear from you next You are the voice Of Scottish football Call 0141 951 1025 Clyde One Super Scoreboard Hugh Evans and Jim Duffy are here It's 01419511025 And the phone's at Clyde SSB 
on Twitter Do you want to look back on last night's Celtic's victory Do you want to look ahead to Rangers against Dunfermline Whatever you fancy Pick up the phone You can send us a message as well And do you know what I love as well Hugh this week The novelty has not even come close to wearing off yet Is the big crowds The fact that people yeah. can go back Maybe for the first I mean for instance I've had a message in uh, from Colin Colin's going along to the game at Ibrox With his sons Harry and Oliver It's Harry's first ever game First mm. ever trip to Ibrox yeah. This maybe would have mm. came Come 18 months ago yeah. But it wasn't possible So Colin, Oliver and Harry Are heading into the game tonight And I hope they enjoy it uh, 100,000 people in Glasgow this weekend Watched Rangers first of all Against Malmo And then Celtic uh, last night Against Jablonec And it was wonderful to see yeah. uh, <laughs> I can only imagine what the atmosphere at Celtic Park would have been like had Furuhashi scored after mm-hmm. 35 seconds with the most exquisite pass from Tommy Rogic, as Ange Postacoglu calls him. Uh, unfortunately, just over-elaborated with the finish, Furuhashi. Uh, but it was sensational, the atmosphere. Is that the former teammate of Gordon DL's, Angie Postacoglu? Yeah, that would be the you one. You heard this? Yeah. Angie. I'll, I'll get no. back to it, honestly. No, I've not heard this honestly. one, no. uh, Right, 01419511025. Thomas is going to the game. I think he's at Ibrooks already, so we'll speak to him very soon. Let's bring in William. He was through first. William, what impressed you most about Celtic last night? Oh, it was incredible. Good evening, guys. How are you doing? Uh, it was just an incredible night. You know, another memorable night, a uh, European night. I think what impressed me, you know, Turnbull and Welsh, you know, it's great to see these guys in the flesh, you know, it's, I mean, it's, I mean, you can see, it's better to see, a, a, it's alright watching a player on the telly, but see when you see these guys in the flesh, you can see, you can see the uh, Turnbull's vision, he's, he's passing, he's movement, you know, you can see McGregor's movement, you can see Kyogo's movement up front, and you can see Welsh at the back, his composure, you know all these things that you don't see on the telly. Just it's just uh, totally different from watching it in the, in the house with your friends or whatever. It's I mean it's an incredible. Uh, if you uh, I mean you can sit and watch Turnbull all night. You know the way he was playing. It was just an absolutely perfect performance from Celtic last I, night. I think, you know, I think I'd, I'd also pay tribute to the pass from Greg Taylor that played yeah. in. Uh, David Turnbull for his goal and Turnbull's finish is composure itself. Uh, the 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 shot from twenty five yards for David Turnbull's second goal, terrific. Uh, Celtic a perpetual motion under Ange Postacoglu, just never stop. Uh, and I'm only sorry that Abada wasn't playing last night because not that anyone else made any mistakes, but he has also brought something to the to the Celtic side at the tender age of nineteen. I think the atmosphere on Sunday against Hearts will be even better because they can get the full house, the full 60,000 in, uh, which they couldn't do last night because of UEFA restrictions. Uh, So right now, the last two weeks, three games, 13 goals, the Celtic fans, after losing at Tynecastle, must be pinching themselves. That's what's strange about what we've just been through. Jim Duffy, David Turnbull... Was one of the only shining lights for Celtic last season mm-hmm. He was Celtic's player of the year yeah. The fans have never seen him in the flesh And he's never played in front of it <laughs> until last night yeah. And safe to say he delivered and they enjoyed it Yeah, I mean, as uh, William was saying there It was a joy to watch He's, he's always been a terrific player uh, You know, you've been fortunate to watch him with, with your team And, I, and I've been fortunate because I was at a number of the games last year as well But when you put a, 
you know, a crowd in there and you get that type of atmosphere. Some players, they freeze under that and some players thrive on it. And David Turnbull absolutely thrives uh, in that type of atmosphere. And he rose to the occasion and he played with a smile on his face and there was some terrific football and, uh, you know, topped off with a couple of goals. And, uh, you know, he, he's, I think also... Uh, and the balance in the way they played last night I think again he's another player that suits playing that more familiar midfield role whereas before he was always playing like a a support a second striker almost with Celtic and although he did well at, at times I think he's a better player than that I think he's an all round midfield player he can come deep he can pass it he can he can score goals he can be creative uh, and, I, and I think as I said the system under Ange Postacoglu seems to be suiting him really really well It's brilliant uh, but he's been great all along you know to be honest I think he's been a bit frustrated that he hasn't been able to score, but I think his football's been brilliant. I think him and Tommy were outstanding tonight. Um, you know, Cal orchestrated things really well at the base of that midfield, but those two were unplayable at times. And uh, you know, it's great for players' confidence. And, and, and David's still a young man, and you know, I'm sure he's super pleased he got his two goals. But his performances have been great um, leading up to it anyway. I mean, William, of course Celtic have had big European nights in the sense of, you know, big opposition, lots at stake, but was last night right up there with them just because of, of how long it's been and, and the, the kind of every, the fact that everyone's been missing the atmosphere? Aye, I think I think that's uh, I think that's a good point, but I don't think it really matters the opposition, you know, I think the fans make it what it is, you know. I think we I mean we sometimes we take for granted with the 67 minute and the the huddle and not and the, the walk on and all these things that we we do and we make the atmosphere and Nance talked about the energy in the stadium and it's great to see the energy going on to the players and the players responding and that's what football's all about for me and Ange said that in his interview after the game you know I just think these nights are, are still special you know and you can never take them for granted you know I just look at it that way you know. Yep, absolutely. Glad you enjoyed it. That was William 01419511025. Looking back on Celtic's victory last night, and of course building up to the game between Rangers and Dunfermline this evening as well. We just gave you that team eight changes to the Rangers side. What do you make of it? Um, anything else, Jim? That that jumped out at you last night? There was, I saw sort of um, what would the right word be? Sort of tongue-in-cheek comments from Celtic fans, by the way, not from anyone else saying. Celtic goalkeeper just made a save, mm-hmm. you know, because maybe that was lacking a little bit in, in the last season. Um, so Joe Hart was called yeah. on a couple of times. Yeah, there was a bit of kind of ironic cheers, I think, from the fans, you know, and I think that that uh, you know, listen, you know, they've invested, you know, in Joe Hart because they feel that he is a, you know, that he can be the solution to the the goalkeeping problem. Um, so far, he's he's not been overly tested, but you know, his experience should be vital. He's just the one we the one we pass back later in the game when he get a bit casual when the game's done and sometimes, you know, that, that those type of things can still make you a wee bit nervy. But uh, overall I just felt that um, Celtic's movement and rotation, as you said, they were perpetual motion. Uh, I think for Hatchie's movement in, in terms of, you know, how he stretches the back line, he plays on his shoulder, he's never standing still, he's coming short, he's spinning. And again, as I said, they like they've just got they've just got a real flexibility about the play just now but they've still to be tested and again you enjoy it when you're doing it mm. um, but also with the realisation that um, you know there'll be tougher tougher tests ahead yeah th- there will undoubtedly be tougher tests ahead however I would disagree with you slightly Jim mm. I thought that the crowd rose to Joe Hart and gave him an ovation for those two point blank saves 
um, because you know they've looked at Barkas and they, they never thought they'd see a goalkeeper like that, uh, and now they've got Joe Hart in, and I think they wanted to see him make a big save mm-hmm. that made a statement about Joe Hart, but. To go back to the point that the first caller made about the Celtic back four, Joe Hart was obliged to make those two saves because the back four are not yet anything like secure. Uh, let's hear from Stephen Gerrard previewing Rangers against Dunfermline. We made it abundantly clear to the players and, and, and the squad um, before we kicked the ball this season that the domestic cups are important and that we want to um, try and be successful in both. Uh, we want to go all the way in both, so I think you'll see in my team and squad selection uh, how serious we're going to take this competition. And I'm sure once the the Scottish Cups comes round as well, we'll we'll be given that uh, full 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 focus and, and and trying to do as well as we can in both. We see them as two opportunities to add silverware to us, so we'll be going full full throttle to try and win them both. Let's go to Thomas. Are you going to the game tonight, Thomas? I'm actually outside the stadium. Yeah, probably just now. I, looking forward I'm to. Looking it. Forward. I obviously I always look forward to watching Rangers. Although I was disappointed the other night, but Jim will probably know what I'm talking about here. I just feel once again that there was an English radio station. They were actually debating Rangers and Celtic more than I've heard up in Scotland. And they were saying it's actually embarrassing again that the two teams are out at the very first attempt. You know, and once again, it seems to be year after year we get caught out with these qualifiers. Now, I I believe that uh, Malmo were about 12, 13 games into their season. Now, I'm not making an excuse because I feel Rangers should be beating a team like that, but Jim will probably know what it's like when you come up against guys that are match sharper, match fit, and effort will make a huge difference. And I always feel as though this is happening year, year after year after year, these qualifiers. They're never seen, they always seem to be a struggle, and they never seem to be in about it. And I just, it's, not, it's not an actual excuse because it's an actual fact. And it, it, once again, they've been oh, caught out with but, but I wonder if you're doing your own team a disservice, Thomas, because right, I know this was the Champions League, but let's be honest, Malmo are not that much better than some of the teams that Rangers have had to deal with in previous seasons. And they, they've come through the qualifiers for the Europa League in the last few seasons, so what's the difference? I, I, I think that the, one, the teams we've played in the qualifiers they were more or less just the same amount of games, etc. than the season. There was still a few tough games Major Warsaw and teams like that and we did play well but you could always I could see in that game even the first game we were well off the pace and they were they looked so much you know, you know sharper in the tackle Jim will know what I'm meaning here they were quicker in the tackle they were they looked faster you know and it just they, they weren't great as in the actual football yeah. wise but, but listen, they were... before we get to Jim can I just say Thomas you are making excuses from start to finish you were you were no, a, no, no, no. you were a goal no. up you were a goal up and they were a man down and you had half a game and Rangers got worse in the second half instead of better and that's why Rangers are out and everyone said before the game started if Rangers get the first goal they'll go on from there well they did get the first goal and then they were playing ten men and then they lost it, so right so I'm I'm making an excuse with with all these teams. Are well into their season And the Scottish games Have even started That's a fact too Well, the, the, well Celtic's out as well Yeah, yeah. Celtic and Rangers Have gone out Celtic and Rangers Have gone out To Very ordinary teams And that is for Both of you To reflect upon But Rangers had it all In front of them When Stephen Davis Scored in Sweden Everyone said, ah, that goal changes the complexion of everything. No, it didn't. And I repeat, you're a goal up, 
They're a man down You've got half a game And Rangers blew it And I get yeah. the point Obviously Clearly we're not as far down the road But just yeah. for accuracy Rangers had played Had played two league games You yeah. know I think Thomas said The yeah. season hadn't started They had played two Before mm. the other night Yeah I mean listen There are elements where You want to be up to speed But you know we, I think we we, we we go to stop Looking at reasons why We, we you know I think Rangers in particular had uh, you know had obviously kept all their squad, uh, didn't lose any of their star players. Uh, added a couple of players. Everyone thought they were more ready to start this season than probably any other club in Scotland. Same management team, no no real any changes. Had the experience of Europe and the knowledge, and also had a full house at Ibrox um, for the first time as well. So no, I think that in this particular case, uh, Thomas, I think Rangers were more than ready to 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 deal with Malmo. Uh, I mean, I think like obviously they lost against the United the previous week, and I think that uh, that just tells you that. You know they're they're not anywhere near the levels where um, Stephen Gerrard expects his team to be. I think the first leg as well uh, against Malmo they were really flat. There was no real tempo. But as I said, I thought they started the game unbelievably well. And the fans just generated incredible atmosphere. They got right after them, and then for whatever reason, it was almost like something flicked a switch. They just seemed to blow a gasket almost. You know, it just just went. The energy went. Um, so I think Rangers were more than good enough And should have been more than good enough To take care of Malmo 10 men or 11 men They were better And I think you've just got to accept That sometimes you get a real mm. bitter disappointment And take it on the chin Because I think other than being critical of Rangers I think this is the, this is one of the times They have to deal with it Because they deserve it Thomas trying to bounce back tonight Against them firmly Stephen Gerrard has made 8 changes The likes of Nathan Patterson In for the first time this season Calvin Bassey plays uh, Morelos and Kent are on the bench Kamara comes back in John McLaughlin's in goal And so on What do you make of that? Oh, uh, well I felt he had to make changes And give these other guys a chance I'm, I'm confident I'll win the game I'm, I'm still confident we'll have a good season Probably win the league I'm, I'm only just I just like to see see the coefficient I know people go I don't care about other teams But I think it's going to be a, there's a, Celtic's next game is a 50-50 game there's every chance Rangers game is probably that that's they should get by that team. The Aberdeen maybe struggle and and uh, St Johnson, but I just feel but I just feel it's every year our teams are. I want them all to do well, but okay, can we ha- we can't have it both ways though, Thomas? Because we've just come off the season, or in the last couple of seasons, our coefficient has been the best it's been for a long, long, long time, and we didn't change the calendar then. So we're not just, you know have we not been a bit selective, waiting for it to go wrong and then blaming the calendar? I, uh, I, I don't know. No, I just feel we, we, we need to just change it a wee bit. We need to think of it, and I, we actually need to look at it because it, it will make a difference. It would make a difference. Uh, what do you want us to do? Well, it's the summer football thing, isn't it? We've been here. Yeah. Uh, Thomas, Thomas is right in the sense that we've been here many, many times yeah. when our teams fa- fail in the European qualifiers, and of course there, there must be a bit of truth in that. You don't want to face teams that are way into their season, but. You know, re- I don't think this year is, is, is one I think in the past When we've played certain teams You might think well, They're better But this year Nah I think Malmo and Michelin Should have been taken care of And in the past There's been other games Where they should be More than good enough To have won the game So I think it was just Down to You know Whatever I, I wouldn't use the word Complacency But you know Just down to a, You know a, a loss of form on the night and well, a poor, Celtic a were underprepared a poor night Yeah Celtic p- as, well. as I mentioned Celtic had a had a, a, a more difficult um, You know Opportunity If you want to call it that Because they had a new manager New 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 players Try to bed everything together But If they had everyone Up to speed 
They'd be more than good enough to beat Mitchell and, and Rangers should have had and more in the tank to beat Malmo. Thomas, enjoy the game tonight. 01419511025. It's a great time to call. You could be up next. 01419511025. This is Scottish football's league leader, Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Friday night's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. We are 45 minutes away from kickoff between Rangers. And Dunfermline in the League Cup It's 01419511025 To get your calls in Whether it's to look ahead to that one To look back on Celtic's victory last night I'm hoping We're going to hear from maybe St Johnston Aberdeen Hibs fans To tell us what happened last night In their European matches Just a reminder then Of your Rangers team for tonight It's John McLaughlin in goal a Back four of Nathan Patterson Connor Goldson Jack Simpson And Calvin Bassey Glenn Kamara John Lundstrom And Joe Aribo in midfield Scott Wright, Yanis Hadji and Kamar Roof up front. So McCrory, Tavernier, Hollander, Eaton, Kent, Morelos, Kelly, Barisic and Arfield on the bench tonight for Rangers. Um, they are up against Dunfermline. I don't think I've got a Dunfermline team yet. Uh, not that I can see. I'll bring you on as soon as we can. Let's bring in Craig in Moody'sburn. Craig, as a Rangers fan, what's on your mind tonight? Um, yeah, I was just listening to your run through the team there. Good evening, guys. Um, really pleased Nathan Patterson's getting a start tonight. Um, I think he, along with um, Stephen Kelly, uh, were quite impressive in pre-season. I know Patterson didn't start, but he's got cameos, and Stephen Kelly was definitely the player of the pre-season for me, so I'm glad to see, hopefully, <laughs> I say cautiously, hopefully with a few goals up and Stephen Kelly can go on for half an hour. Um, I was just saying to the producer there, I came on obviously at the end of last season, delighted. Um, I did say, I don't know if you guys will remember or not, I said there's probably going to be a couple of outgoings and it might be a case of, you know, there's a new centre-half coming in, maybe a new midfielder and a striker, depending on who leaves. It's often laughed about this Jose Mourinho free year, and I'll, I'll explain the reason for bringing that up. Jose Mourinho free season syndrome. For my opinion, like I've seen the producer, this Rangers team... Put absolutely everything in the last season, as we all know. And the players, I think a few of them, um, I was just listening to uh, the, the pundits there saying, and I can't remember who it was, somebody said they wouldn't use the word complacency. I wouldn't really go that far either, but I think the players in their head are thinking, we've done it, we've stopped 10 in a row, and seen the reaction of the fans. And there's, there's that little lull, but that little lull's gone on far too long for me. And there's just some, something's not quite right. You know, we kept our mouths absolutely shut last season, did the talking on the pitch. Remember about a month ago, um, a wee bit longer, Hugh was like, Stephen Gerrard's comments were ridiculous, defend the title for our lives was a absurd thing to say. And he never said anything like that last year. And just going back to the three-year span, I think there'd have been fans up in arms, you know, if we accepted bids for Kamara, Barisic, Ken, Morelis, all of them, after winning the title, we said, oh, we need to reset, we need to reset. I think if two of them had went and we'd got another couple in, the team would have had freshness. Lundstrom, Sakala coming in, another couple. I think there's a few players there that's heads been turned and they're a little bit, in my opinion, just my own opinion from what I'm seeing, like Sir Ryan Kent, his head's been turned. Um, he was sensational against Real Madrid as if he was putting himself in the shop window. And there's been a couple. Barisic isn't fit. I thought it was a little bit unfair, the first caller. Signal out Barisic He was outstanding last season And he's never been one That heads balls away <laughs> um, But Yeah My main point is I think This was a year That I mean Sir Alec Ferguson always said He's strengthened When you're on top 
And he's somebody that wasn't afraid to make big decisions when he'd won a league. And I just think, why the bids didn't come in, I don't know. But I just think if a Kamara, a Ryan Kent, two out of the, the four so-called big players had been moved on, I think this would be a little bit different start to the season. I think it needs to be massively freshened up. And that's not a dig at any particular player. I just think it's gone a little bit stale, to be honest. I don't know what you think of that. Well, you know, Rangers are going to have to look at... Uh, moving players on now Because the last published account Showed uh, a pre-tax loss Of nearly £18 million The Champions League money Is now non-existent uh, Rangers have to operate As a sustainable business And that's why I think Players will move out I just think Again Rangers have played poorly And it has cost them Against Malmo And Dundee United But Do they need massively freshened up? No, they need to play better. Mm. What, do you, what do you make of that, Jim? Because Craig's mm. talking about, which is generally a good school of thought, you know, properly mm. strengthen when yeah. you're on top. Mm-hmm. But, but I wonder if Sakala Lundstrom was that. That's what they were intended to do, I'm sure. Yeah, well, listen, they did add to the squad, but Rangers don't have the finance to, to strengthen significantly. No, but, that, but that's what Craig's yeah. saying. W- would it not have been a good time to move on yeah, a Kamara? I mean, listen, or... Yeah, I mean, again, if you want to fresh things up, if you want to move one or two players out and you can ma- manage to bring in, a, say, a total of 20 million and then go and spend, say, half of it. Yeah, of course, again, but you, you, you run the risk of these players having to settle in, getting the right quality, getting a, a quality match. You say it's Ryan Kent. Do you get a quality match? I'm a, a, a quality of player to match Kamara. Um, for the for the you know the money which you you're going to bring in and salaries and all these kind of things, I just think that again that um, this year she is a different time, first time for Rangers under the Steven Gerrard regime where they have been huge favourites um, to to win to win all the all the, the domestic trophies and then when the draw was made for Europe, huge favourites again. So it's a totally different um, you know way of mm. approaching the season. Whereas in the past. Um, they've always they've always been the underdogs. Stephen Gerrard deal with that. Stephen Gerrard's quoted this morning as saying that he could honestly say he knows of no direct bid for any Rangers player. Now every day we look at the the market down in England, and there are players going from one English Premier League club to another English Premier League club. There's plenty of activity mm-hmm. going on, mm-hmm. but at the moment. Nobody fancies anybody that plays for Rangers Craig, I bow to your superior knowledge on this Because you'll, you'll keep a much closer eye And if something doesn't look right to you I'm not in a position to, to tell you otherwise I do wonder about the time of it though Because as disappointing as the last three games have been It's been three games And it's the 13th of August Is it perhaps a, a bit early to be so sure that, that things are stale? I mean again, yeah it is But I, I think, as I say The reason that I think it's gone a bit stale is You know, it's the players put so much in, and like I say, I mean, how long does Ryan Kent want to spend in Scotland? How long does Conor Goldson realistically want to spend in Scotland? They were brought in with the aim of stopping 10 in a row. We all know that. Steve Gerrard was brought in with the aim of stopping 10 in a row. I think a lot of them have thought, right, we'll have a crack at the Champions League. I mean, the Goldson situation is something I could go on about for half an hour, but I won't bore you. Um, well, condense I, it into one minute and see how you get on. <laughs> Well, as I say, the Goldson situation, I think, like I just said, how long does Goldson want to be here? And for me, it's that... I'm, I'm not going to go down the Liverpool route because, you know, they had Van Dijk and everybody injured, but they put absolutely everything into winning their title first time for 30 years. They had a bit of a lull. It was due to injuries. There's just something. And as I said, even when we won the title so early last season, there was a lull after that, which was, une- well, it was expected, but it was still a bit kind of, you know, because there was targets to work for. I just think, you know, I agree, they haven't got the finances to go and change, but as I said, if it was two out of the so-called top four, whether that was Kent Kamara, whether that was Goldson Morelis, whoever, 
move them on and bring in, as um, you were saying there, bring in 10 million, get a couple of players in, it freshens it up, as I say. But, I mean, yes, there's a wee bit of overreaction on three defeats. It's just the manner of the defeats. You know, it was two shots on target at uh, Tanadai, sorry. This constant crossing it into six foot six defenders up to Alfie the other night, you know, it's a completely different style of play to last season as well. And that's what's a wee bit concerning for me. Okay, can't argue with that. That was Craig in Moody's Burn. Thank you very much for taking the time. One thing he did say at the start of the call, Jim, was good to see Nathan Patterson. This was the, yeah. this was the summer where Nathan Patterson was spoken about so much in, yeah. in a Scotland context, and then it was how do you fit him and James mm-hmm. Tavernier in? And, mm-hmm. and, and some interesting suggestions. We're seeing the first example of that sort of rotation between the two tonight because we've not seen him yet. Yeah, I mean, again, it's great to see him. I mean, he was uh, a revelation when he came into the team uh, last season, and obviously earned the Scotland squad and got his, you know, got a game, uh, you know, in, in in the Euros. Um, and you know, a lot of Rangers fans were really excited about uh, you know his progress um, this year. But always knew that uh, you know could he oust the captain James Tavernier? So you know, getting him in tonight, um, it's up to him to try and show the the manager that he, he can compete with the captain and uh, you know give him a. Give him a headache for the next game Yes he's one of eight changes To take on Dunfermline Dunfermline line up with Mehmet and goal They've got Comrie Watson Graham McDonald Captained by Graham Dorans Tonight Pybus Edwards Whiten O'Hara And Todorov So we are just over 30 minutes away From kick off in that one Beat the pundit With the Scottish Sun For the best football news And opinion online Thescottishsun.co.uk Slash football been racking my brains all day And I cannot think of a better way To round off a week Than winning beat the pun Especially against Hugh Keevans The predictions that this guy throws out Here is a chance for you to come on here And put him in his place So 01419511025 It could of course be Jim Duffy And more importantly It could be you If you pick up the phone Before 7 o'clock 01419511025 And your chance to beat the pundit Will be next the headlines 01419511025 Clyde One Super Scoreboard Hugh Keevans and Jim Duffy here tonight we've got a big game in the League Cup Rangers against Dunfermline there's a tiny wee game in the English Premier League if that's the sort of thing that floats your boat um, if we want to make it all about us we'll call it Kieran Tierney against Christopher Iyer mm-hmm. how does that sound Arsenal mm-hmm. against Brentford as the English Premier League gets underway but neither of those are as big as this the Pundit With The Scottish Sun For the best football news And opinion online Thescottishsun.co.uk Slash football right, Let's see how we round off The week on Beat The Pundit Then The listeners got off To a really good start This season They came back from pre-season Warm weather training camps Fresh Raring to go Caught a couple of the pundits Cold But have the, have the pundits Stabilised in the last few nights I think they have So let's see what Jack In Glasgow can produce Tonight Hi Jack Hi dear, how you doing? Not bad at all, how are you more importantly, you well? Very well, thank you very much Good stuff, are you a confident Beat the Pundit player or how would you describe your mood? Eh, uh, 50-50 Okay, that, that seems like a good place to be I'll toss the coin, if it's heads you will take on Hugh Keevans and if it's t- Or will we flip it around again because it's always, nah, okay Heads it's Hugh Keevans, tails it's Jim Duffy And it's tails, it's Jim Duffy up against Jack from Glasgow So we're going to give Jim some Clyde 2 to listen to and that way he cannot and will not steal your answers Jack, 30 seconds Answer as many questions right as you can And if you do not know it Pass quickly and we will move on, okay? Okay, thank you Let's go 30 seconds on the clock And your time starts 
No <sighs> Who was the last Rangers manager To win a domestic cup uh, Tom Rogic was signed by Celtic From a team in which country Australia Name any SPFL stadium Whose official name begins with the letter P Pass Who was the only St Johnston player To score against Galatasaray last night Andy McCann Name the only Scottish team That Tamuri Ketsbaya played for Pass. How many Scottish teams You can take your time Because I've started How many Scottish teams Are through To a European Playoff round Two Okay let's bring back Jim Duffy Jim can you hear us Yes yeah, sorry I was same, listening A bit of the jam there Same set of questions to you You ready Yeah Let's go Who was the last Rangers manager To win a domestic cup uh, What was with Tom Rogic Was signed by Celtic From a team in which country Australia Name any SPFL stadium Whose official name begins with the letter P Petodri Who was the only St Johnston player to score Against Galatasaray last night uh, oh, I watched it too well, Chris Kane didn't get it It was uh, uh, Oh pass Name the only Scottish team That Tamuri Ketsbaya played for Dundee <laughs> How many Scottish teams are through To a Euro- European playoff round Three Okay What's the verdict Jack 50-50 Is it tougher? Is it tougher when the pressure's on? Definitely, yeah, I, I, think I, think I do I know, I know. Yeah, you're right uh, <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm watching St. John's game I, 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 I can see the full-back get Runnigan by He's back at a player He squares across the goal He's bundled in and By I'm thinking, Hugh Keevans right, By Michael O'Halloran Who, who bundled yeah, yeah. in? Michael O'Halloran See that was you You released your inner Paul Weller Before the competition started That's what started happened really, I, it, I, was, I was carried away With a town called right. Malice I, I, to say I was tempted to Blame producer Callum mm. For this one Who was the last Rangers manager To win a domestic cup We we obviously meant Major domestic cup And you were right With Walter Smith mm. The Petrofact cup was won But that was Mark Warburton And let's, let's not, not worry about that right? So 1-0 so, yeah, so To Jim Duffy Tom Rogic was signed By a team uh, from a team in which country Australia You both mm-hmm. got it So 2-1 to Jim Duffy Name any SPFL stadium Whose official name Begins with the letter P Jack correct me if I'm wrong But I, I feel that's the The perfect example Of a question That is tough when The, the clock's ticking But if I was to ask you it now You would know wouldn't you Pataudry correct. Take, Absolutely exactly. correct But when the clock's on um, Jim Duffy kept his composure 3-1 Hugh Evans who scored for St Johnson Tell us again yeah. Michael, Michael O'Halloran yeah. uh, So still 3-1 and I felt for you a bit here, Jack, because we got onto his specialist subject, or one of them. Um, little were we to know, Dundee to Murray Kitts by it. Was that you? Oh, Not before me. Before, before yeah, was it? Right, okay. Yeah, before, that was... Yeah, but you were never getting it wrong anyway. Dundee, so a four for Jim and a one for you, Jack. Hard lines, give it another go sometime, Jack. Okay, thanks very Good much. Jack. Good man, that was Jack in Glasgow. Do you know what I love about that as well? Very vague. No surname. And no specification on which part in Glasgow. So Jack's thinking, my mates aren't going to know it's me. It's fine. Oh, I'll get away with that. No, no, they won't. no public ridicule uh, over the weekend. <laughs> there will be. Um, yeah, if your voice recognition is good. But I did all right, to be fair. He was beaten by the better man, as they say, right? 01419511025. And the phone's at Clyde SSB on Twitter. Um, where are we? Let's go. Yeah, let's go back to the phones and bring in John, who's on the line. Hi, John. Hi Gordon, Hugh and Jim, how are you? Good, thank you. Good, John. Uh, no, I, just, I, say, I can't believe the difference in in 10 days in Celtic, but I think if we went out and uh, I don't usually agree with you much, you know what I mean, but we need we, we still need a couple of defenders, you know what I mean? 
And uh, I would like them to go as well for young Josh Dodge to make a, to get this Don McKay make a statement in Kent. Although Greg Taylor's starting to play a bit better. Plus, I think we still need a goalkeeper as well, guys, as a backup, because the other two guys don't fill with, with confidence. So I just wonder if you think mm. they're going to bring any goalkeepers in as well. Well, I, I'd take David Marshall because Wayne Rooney has decided that he doesn't want them at Derby County. He's uh, third choice, didn't he? Yeah. Uh, so I, I agree with you. I think they do need a further backup in terms of the, the goalkeeping position. I don't think that. Uh, Barkas does not have any future at all at Celtic um, Scott Bain will find it very difficult now What did you make of the video at the weekend? Have you seen that? I mean, I, mean, I can show you Jim and the questions now It's on social media, yeah. definitely not have seen it So, the, the keepers are warming up, right? Mm-hmm. So the, obviously it's usually the number two keeper He's the mm-hmm. one that faces the shots from the yeah. teammates, isn't he? The, 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 the portable goal at the side And a few people sent me it over the weekend and the thing is, it's quite long as well. It's maybe like a minute and a half of Barkas literally not moving. To, to, <laughs> he's just standing, and the ball is just whizzing past him into the net. And don't be cruel. Don't give me your jokes about that's the same as what happens when he plays. Yeah. But genuinely, just not bothered. You know, just kind of looking yeah. at the ball as it goes past. And it was Celtic fans that were sending it to, to yeah. me and, and to, to Super Scoreboard and saying, "Look at this. He's, he's not even trying. He's he's chucked it. That might have just been two minutes. Maybe it's an unfair representation, but but he's no future at Celtic." The club should be trying to get him away somewhere else. They'll never get what they paid for him uh, because anyone who's seen him on a Celtic strip would never pay £5 million for him. Uh, Scott Bain will not be back in the team. Connor Hazard is miles off being good enough to be in the team. And if David Marshall can be persuaded, he, he, his family live in Glasgow. He had an outstanding time at Celtic as a younger man. Does he want uh, to come and sit on Celtic's bench? Well, right now, he's going to sit on Derby County's bench, maybe. Well, that's my point then. At his stage, and still with us, he's still Scotland's number one. If he's going to move this year, is it not to be someone's number I think, one? I think if you had the combination of Joe Hart and David Marshall, then you know Joe Hart uh, has known slumps in form before. Uh, I think it would be a good signing for Celtic. Uh, and they do need cover. I'm glad that John's backing me up. They do need... More defenders to be brought in Because From middle to front Yes I go back to it They are perpetual motion And the perpetual motion Is very attractive to look at But at the back They do need In Better quality Because it It will cost them Unless they get it in I, I get I get the question Jim mm-hmm. But I wonder if Given everything that Celtic Have had to do in the transfer window And still have to do Upgrading the backup keeper is probably not near the top of the priority list. I don't think it it is top of the priority, but as as you said, if he can lose, say, Barkas, even his wages, then you can bring in another another goalkeeper. But I I think Celtic are are, are attractive team to watch. But I do think uh, there'll be games where it doesn't click for them, and these are the kind of games they're going to have to dig results out. I don't know if they've got maybe a uh, a defence that can maybe you know just kind of keep it solid and nick a couple of games one nil and they're going to have to do that over the season. Um, they, they don't have a lot of physicality about them. You know they've got smaller players. Um, you know if you look through the midfield and Taylor Small, um, Ralph is not the biggest. He's not not tiny, but the midfield are all out and out footballers for want of a better phrase. Uh, Maybe James McCarthy game. brings a little bit of a different yeah, dimension Yeah well he's, he's, he's more competitive But again f- The physical from set plays and things like that When you're not playing well And there'll be As I said There'll be half a dozen games throughout the season Then these are the, get, the ones you have to just kind of 
Make sure you keep mm. it tight And try and nick it And at this moment in time I think Celtic are lacking A couple of those type of players are a, bit, a bit bigger A bit more physical Who can cope with You know Those type of games I mean, in the winter John's got his wish list out He mentioned mm. Josh Doig Now that, that's mm. just John's wish I don't mm. To my knowledge That's not something that's mm. On the cards necessarily But what, what do you make of that As a suggestion? Yeah I mean, Listen he's a good player He seems to be attracting a lot of attention um, Again As you said It's a bit strange That nothing's been done yet And whether there has been bids come in And they've just not met the valuation yet who knows but yeah I mean he's, he's certainly a, a player but I think if you're going to invest three plus million which would seem to be the case to take him then you would have to think he would be the established number one and, and, and whether again they would pay that for a left back never I'm mind. not so sure never mind Gordon Strachan but they've got the boy Aaron Hickey and by all accounts were supposed to be interested as well and he's another one can play right back and left back so if it was Something mm. like that It might You know you can fill both sides in yeah. Never mind Gordon Strachan Let me give Dominic Mackay My consultancy <laughs> Advice I'm yeah. sure he's, he's on the edge of his seat He's got a problem The club's got a problem With Lee Griffiths Offer Lee Griffiths Back to Hibs Plus money And get Josh Stoig Look at that he's a, he's, he's a director of football In his mm. spare time This guy Jim Duffy Aye. Uh, Listen that, 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 there's, there's, there's no reason why Hugh couldn't be a director of football He's, he's got more noise Than uh, probably most guys Have been involved in it For a long time So Yeah I mean oh, again But, but they've no. got this bit And they've got Dodge there Just now So You know the, I, don't, I don't know if Do you he, know who's he, not Going to be happy at this Thank you to John Do you know who's not happy mm. About all this Ali Who's a Hibs fan mm. From Edinburgh And picked up the phone Straight away At the suggestion mm. Of Hibs players Heading for the east end Of Glasgow Ali Take it away Defend your club mm. Well, I, I just think it, it's a sense of entitlement of not necessarily just Celtic fans, but Rangers fans as well. Although there hasn't been so much speculation uh, with Rangers because basically they've not got any money left. Um, but uh, the last caller there, you know, just go and get just Josh Doig for Hibs. What, what gives them the right to see that? Um, I'm, I'm assuming you want Celtic to pay for him, though, Ali. Oh, absolutely! And they're going to pay if they're wanting them. They'll have to pay top dollar. Jim Duffy mentioned three million there. I'm three sorry, plus, but I think, I think I the bidding starts at. <laughs> I think the bidding starts at four million. Mm. Well, I, I think I did say Ali three plus, but I don't. I, again, I, I think that's the reason why he's still there because I think the Hibs valuation uh-huh. is too high, and he's, he's a player who's played one season in the Premier League. And he's a very done, good one at that Everyone he's done, would admit he's done, he's done well Terrific and, and again I'm a big admirer of him And I think as I said I, I do think in English teams I've, I've said this many many times On the programme I think they totally undervalue But un, unfortunately That's just The value of, a, of the Scottish game uh, You can't equate it To what happens down south um, and I think if you get add-ons and you get percentages and all these kind of things for future success, yeah. then you may well get a significant amount more if the boy does go somewhere and and does continue his his progress. How do you see it playing out, Ali? Then whether it's Celtic or Rangers or, or anyone else, it's been a bit of a strange few weeks, hasn't it? You know, he was taken out the team against Motherwell. Everyone expected then that he would move on. He now hasn't. Do you think he'll be there? I I, I think he will remain at the end of the window and. I think um, Hibs are actually doing the right thing. They're playing hardball with their valuation. And if other clubs want to meet that valuation, then a deal will be done. But at the moment, nobody's met the valuation. So the boy is going to stay at Easter Road in the meantime. It's as simple as that. But, but to come a, back to the I earlier d- point... I don't think it's unreasonable though, Ali, to expect that players, whether they play for Hearts or Hibs or whoever... Most players would like the idea of joining Celtic or Rangers. They, they just happen to be the two biggest shows in town. I mean, Scott Brown went to Celtic and you got a magnificent fee for him. 
Yes. And how many years ago was that, Hugh? And it was 4.4 million. Um, you know, we're, we're almost back to a John McGinn type scenario. That oh, don't Celtic... get him started on John no, McGinn, Ali. No. <laughs> well, well, but we are so because Celtic are not prepared to open the biscuit tin. Let's be honest here. I don't, I, the, the biscuit tin is a well-worn old cliche now. Celtic five million quid on Barkas. Yeah, Celtic's problem is that they spend money on rubbish. <laughs> they've got Barkas and they've got a Yeti and they've got Ball and Golly and they've got all the other deadwood that's cluttering up the place. There is no biscuit tin Celtic throw their money around Like a man with no arms It's just that they use no judgement uh, Ali what about last night then How disappointing was it What did you make of it Yeah it was disappointing But uh, as soon as they went down to 10 men They were always always Going to be up against it And then when they lost The goal The second goal Almost immediately after the red card That, that was it I mean I, I, Over the two games Raika Probably the better team But you know, Hibs had their chances, yeah. especially at Easter Road. They had their chances to bury the game uh, or certainly go over there with a lead to try and defend. And last night, I mean, they done remarkably well to get back in the game. And then, you know, when when the red card happened and, and they lost the second goal almost immediately, that was it. It was game over. I mean, you guys are football people. You understand that the same as everybody else. I mean, Alan, do you think do you think that the Hibs are a team who can sit in and defend that type of game? Because to me, they look as if they're a team who seem to you know really enjoy being on the front foot, getting after teams, attacking teams. And I think Jack's instilled that philosophy. But when you go away from home in Europe, you need to then play a different a different style. And I'm not quite sure if yeah. Hibs have got that that those type of players that can no. that can cope with that. They haven't developed that sort of style yet because basically they've not really got any proper European experience yet. Um, but you're right, that Jack's built a good team, a good squad, and he's in the media today saying that he wants to add to the squad rather than uh, sell players. You know, and I do agree with him. I think we need a decent centre-half. And I'll be honest with you, if somebody comes in with one and a half or one and three quarters for Porteous, I would have I would be like Hugh Keevans running about with no arms, waving <laughs> money about because uh, I would snap their hand off at one and a half for Porteous. Yeah, well, really Jack, would. even at that though, Jack Ross wants a centre half added now before he even considers losing Ryan Porteous. So um, yeah, a bit of work to be done there. Um, Hugh, yeah, that one goes down as a disappointment. You'd have to say you, you, you had the feeling uh, after Easter Road that. They had blown their chance in the tie. Uh, they get level last night as well, don't they? And Kel McGuinness has started the season well. You thought maybe, just maybe, but I don't feel like it's the type of tie where um, you can, you know, take St Johnson for instance. It's yeah. hands up. You played Galatasaray. You, you, you can, you know, you made a good account of yourselves. Yeah, and you hold your heads high. Hibs maybe will feel that they should have done a bit better every year. In this stage of the competition There's always a result Where you think oh, They could have done better there uh, It was Hibs' turn last night uh, Aberdeen did their job professionally St Johnston are playing One of the Richest clubs Top 30 Richest clubs in Europe uh, They put up a, a terrific display However 
The gulf was too great Ali listen to this The food chain is in full flow here Ryan has tweeted in and says A Hibs fan complaining about the old firm poaching their players It's a bit ironic Half their squad is from St Mirren And they even stole our kit man <laughs> <laughs> Well that's what you get when you Well we've got the manager from St Mirren as well yeah, Exactly Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you've stunned, you've stunned him into silence Ryan <laughs> We'll take more of your calls And a good full time teaser You two are going to struggle with this one Obviously oh. Coming up next Taking your calls on Scottish football 0141-951-1025 This is Clyde One Super Scoreboard Fast approaching kickoff between Rangers and Dunfermline at Ibrox. Only six minutes to go. In fact, it caught me out there. I forgot it was a, a 7:30 kickoff in the League Cup. So, if you've got any final thoughts before kickoff, Rangers fans, get in touch. Let us know. And um, we are on Twitter as well at Clyde SSB. Right, I've got a good teaser for you. Really like this one. Mm. Uh, sent in by Callum and Dundee. Sent a couple in recently, and he's done very well on them. Uh, so here is the deal. Okay, six players. Who won a Scottish Premier League Player of the Month Or Young Player of the Month award In the season 2011-2012 So 10 years ago But they're still playing In the Scottish top flight Who are they? So there are 6 players who won An SPFL An SPL, sorry Player of the Month or Young Player of the Month Exactly 10 years ago 2011-2012 But they are currently playing In the Scottish top flight They may have left And, and come back uh-huh. Dylan McGeer Nope Scott Brown Yes mm-hmm. Maybe sounds a bit more difficult Than it is See once you hear the names mm-hmm. You're like oh, Of course they, they did well And Barry Ferguson Oh no, he's, he's not, not still playing, playing Stephen Davis oh, yeah. Yes So there we go They're two perfect examples Ten years ago 2011-12 Both Stephen Davis And Scott Brown Won A, a player Craig of the Gordon. month award No Um and they're both still in, in the top flight So we'll leave it there. there There are only four more to go Stephen Davis and Scott Brown Can you name the other four Who won a player of the month Or young player of the month award Ten years ago 2011-2012 And who are currently playing In the Scottish top flight There's another clue there if you need it But I'm not going to do that at the moment Because I think you're doing just fine Let's bring in Tommy Who's in Greenock Hi Tommy uh, How you doing guys? Not bad What's your point tonight? Uh, my point is, uh, given what happened to like, Rangers and Celtic this year, they get put out of the Champions League qualifying rounds and things have, similar have happened in previous years, is it not about time the SPFL where they looked at starting some sort of summertime football, maybe starting that bit ever since they're not going to make these things really cold? The diary is so congested now. Um, the, the yeah, wonder country stage you. No, yeah, you can you, know, you can change it completely. Obviously, look at no, but we always talk about that. It never happens. Mm. No, nobody even puts the idea forward mm. for official discussion. I honestly think that in the case of Celtic and Rangers, uh, these are knee-jerk reactions because, in terms of Europe, uh, Celtic since uh, mm. and indeed when Brendan Rodgers was there, Celtic were great shakes in Europe. Well, they got to the Champions League twice, yeah, though. Yeah. Sorry, saying not great shakes. In relative terms, I mean, they got to the Champions League group stages twice. Yeah, but by and large, under Neil Lennon. What was that, sorry? Can um, I make another wee point regarding why it might benefit us? No, I mean, look, I, I get it, Tommy, right? Because in huge right, it comes up a lot. But at, at what point, because this you're making this call because of what happened in the last two weeks. How much responsibility do Celtic and Rangers need to take for that As opposed to the big bad people who draw up our football calendar 
Well, I think it's, I think it's a whole SPL FL problem because if they tour it, if any of them get into the Champions League, everybody benefits. Everybody in the, the Scottish football benefits because there's a parachute, a money goes in, into the leagues. And another way it would benefit is as well as like well, I do the football referee and just like youth football. Now, if you need some form of summertime football, it means that um, like the youth like the actually start to go to games because just to know they're they're tied between friends of our club are going to watch your games, but we don't have what like, use summertime football. You know what I, mean, so. I, I have this recurring nightmare that we change it all, we move to summertime football, and then we still get put out. <laughs> and then what? Uh, you know, I, I do think it's knee jerk reaction. Uh, FC Mitchelland and Malmo should not be beating Celtic and Rangers, uh, but they did. And that's Celtic and Rangers' fault. And you can come up with all of the reasons that you like, uh, but it's as simple as this. They weren't Celtic and Rangers good enough to beat ordinary teams. There's also broadcasting, uh, you know, finance, which is a big thing uh, for Scottish football. I mean, uh, in, in Ireland they play, but they don't get anywhere near the amount of coverage that uh, the Scottish league gets. And uh, you know, so therefore, I think there's elements of that that, that could play a part, Tommy. But uh, again, you know, I've you know we've had discussions about this for decades now. And there was a you know a suggestion maybe even if, I don't know I'm ten years ago about maybe even playing youth football in the summer you know the the kind of um, because the pitches were better and the weather was better and you could spend a little bit more time uh, lighter nights and all these various things um, coaching and taking a little bit more time in them because in the winter as you know you say you're referring heavens a hundred miles an hour because the people just have to keep moving to keep warm but uh, no I think in this particular case. Um, you know, I, I just think it was poor performances that, that let the team do not not lack of preparation. Yeah, I mean, Tommy, I, I did ask it, and you, you you made a separate point which is is relevant. But how much responsibility the Celtic and Rangers need to take? You know, you've got this all at the door of the people who draw up or scheduling. I I think obviously they've got to take they've got to take their share of responsibility because they just spent the day on the on the night they were asked to do it on. But I think it's harsh to say they just weren't good enough because we've seen the way Rangers played the whole of last season. It's, it's pretty. But last season's got nothing to do with it. Like, I know, they, but we've only had a short break. But no, no, but 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 they haven't compared to the last few seasons. Rangers have been lauded for their performances yeah. in the European qualification, and it's too easy to say, ah, but this was the Champions League because it, Malmo are no better than the teams that they've beaten in previous seasons. Stephen, Stephen Gerrard missed the point entirely when he was going on this morning about. Are we ready for PSG? Are we ready for Man City? That's not the point. It's not the question. The, the prize, the prize for Celtic and Rangers, the prize is the money. Because their eyes light up at the thought of how many millions they'll get. And Rangers blew it against Malmo. Uh, and it's come as a dreadful shock to everyone, the supporters and everyone within the club. Uh, it's not about PSG. Of course, PSG would wipe the floor with them. And so would Man City That's not the point Rangers were keen to bank the money And there is no money and no bank I'm always hesitant to draw direct comparisons Because someone will go and Google it Jim and, and tell me that I've got a, a couple of dates wrong But broadly speaking On the 8th of August 2019 Rangers had just started their season In fact they had played one league game As opposed to two this year mm. They came up against Mitchelland away who had probably played a few more games yeah. than Rangers had And they absolutely blew them away And beat them 4-2 mm -hmm. over there in Denmark We cannot 
be selective We, we can't praise that mm-hmm. Then wait for Rangers To not do it And say oh, It's the scheduling mm-hmm. Surely yeah. Listen we, we, we tend to do that I think particularly in Scotland You know We always For years we were always oh, We only have a population Of 5 million Or if it's our game We only have a budget of this Or we we're playing The better teams Or you know we're, we, we we don't get and then, and then we start Looking around Europe And we see uh, teams With uh, even less population We've got to be more successful We see teams with less budget Malmo probably the, you know, Less budget than Rangers Or Michelin Maybe Less budget than Celtic So on and so forth So I think we've got to Throw the excuse book Out the window On the night You know Weren't good enough You know And and, and that's 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 ultimately why um, By the way the, but, uh, That's not me saying There isn't a, Of course it's valid To an extent Because it isn't ideal And we have seen it In the past Where you can get caught cold But it just feels Very selective this year Thank you uh, To Tommy We are underway One minute on the clock Rangers nil Dunfermline nil even for your fine football brain, Jim Duffy, it is too early for me to ask you what you've you've noticed so far. Uh, you um, notice the Rangers have come out the traps yeah. and put uh, Dunfermline on the back foot. So I think that's, that's the thing. I think Stephen Gerrard is saying about uh, to say, right, get after them and let's let's get you know you know make sure that we show the fans that we've got an appetite for this game. This is not a hugely confident, informed Dunfermline team. So no. does this. Does this still go down as a, as a banana skin for well, Rangers? They started, they started the season very well in, 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 the, in the, the League Cup yeah. um, section, but obviously the last couple, I mean, they, they, they were two each against Morton and then obviously lost heavily, as you said, to Paddy Thistle on 3 0. But uh, I mean, Peter's got a, a very attack many side. He's got like a, a White in and Todorov and a Harry who are all forwards all on the pitch. So he's obviously hoping to try and catch Rangers on the counter attack. Well, no Rangers have scored already. Mm-hmm. Two minutes on the clock, and it's mm-hmm. a first Rangers goal for John Lundstrom. Calvin Bassey into the box, cut it back, and Lundstrom rifled it in off the underside of the bar. If Rangers were looking to start quick mm-hmm. and Dunfermline were looking to not let them. That has gone out the window Two minutes on the clock wow. Rangers won them Fairland nil Down payment on a hiding um, <laughs> And Lundstrom Who did absolutely nothing Against uh, Dundee United At Tannadice uh, Has opened his account As they say For Rangers He, he took it very well But Dunfermline were there To be ritualistic lambs To the slaughter Great and finish the, And the slaughter has begun yeah, but it was uh, I mean, they were victims of you know their own downfall. They had them firm, and they had the ball on the edge of their own box. And, and I know the way Peter wants to play, but at that time you're under press. Even the first couple of minutes, stick it in behind, get yourself up the pitch. They try to play a little pass, it was misplaced. Uh, Bassey intercepted it, cut it back for Lundstrom, and a great finish at the top of the net. So the, the worst possible start for them firm, and the best possible start for Rangers. But can they keep that going? Because they done well the other night there and didn't uh, manage to sustain it. We're going to speak to James in Falkirk very soon. Let's speak to Mark in Rockhill first, though. Hi, Mark. Hi, how are you doing, guys? Not bad at all. Hi, What's on your mind tonight? No, I just agree with agree with what the boys are saying that if you don't turn up and play, then you don't win. As simple as that. It's, I don't understand all this stuff about summer games and stuff like that. It's no, it's just you have to go and play. The Celtic lost the league last year because we just didn't play. Are you, are, you, are you a Celtic or a Rangers fan, Mark? I'm an absolute massive Celtic fan. So you're you're not blaming the the calendar, if you like, for losing to Mitchelland? No, I watched Celtic since I was two years old, man. All the best players all come out and play. Simple as that. Celtic started at Celtic Park with. The Greek tragedy in goal, and uh, he cost them uh, at harsh, Celtic very Park. Very harsh, I must admit. Uh, and poor then guy. against uh, against Mitchell and the way uh, the performance was poor, and that's why Celtic got out. Um, 
Rangers, I, I repeat, it's a simple equation. They were a goal up, Malmo were a man down, they had half a game to take care of that advantage, and they lost two goals to ten men. Bye bye. How do you feel about your team at the moment, Mark? It's clearly been a much better um, couple of weeks after the Michelin game. Absolutely fantastic. We were passing the ball quick. The movement's brilliant. There's more players to come in. I can't be more optimistic about this season. Who's impressed you the most? Uh, the whole team's changed. Um, all the way through the midfield, McGregor's. McGregor's always McGregor. He's one of the best players you're going to get. Um, young Turnbull, the boy, um, young Japanese boy up front. I mean, look at the movement we've got. We're, we're passing the ball about like, all right, we do need set, we do need defenders. That's true, and we still need players, which is true. But at, at the same time, we're, we're playing yep. fantastic. At the moment, we're in mid-August. However, there is a long way to go. But Ange Postecoglou shows one. Encouraging sign for the Celtic supporters Anthony Ralston was unwanted And Ange Postacoglu has put a game in him And McGregor Everyone went on about how often he plays And for Scotland and the Euros and everything McGregor has absolutely warmed to the captaincy And is playing terrifically well Christy Postacoglu has brought out everything in him And Tommy Tommy Rogic Uh, So He's got that in his favour Now Celtic have to build on it Thank you very much to Mark and Rockhill Let's bring in James in Falkirk James is an Aberdeen fan And well a happy one I would imagine James Yeah I just wanted to, to get your views On the, the change since Stephen Glass has come in uh, I felt at the time that Derek got a real easy ride From the press last season There's a lot of people saying You know will they get anybody better But so far so good you know, his tactical changes at Livingston last night were spot on. He's changed the game and we've gone and got the victories. He's brought in the young boys at wing-backs. Ramsey and McKenzie have been fantastic. You know, he's given youth a chance. Brown has been fantastic since he came in. And to be honest, it's just a completely different animal from where it was. You know, the team spirit, you can hear it in them when you listen to them play. Um, I think he's done a great job. And I just wanted to get your guys view on, you know, and what's changed so much in such a short space of time. Yeah, well, football, uh, as you know, James, is about confidence and belief. You know, those are the two m- major elements uh, when you, particularly when uh, you know a new manager comes in. He, he, I think it was really good for Aberdeen to bring him in later on last year because it allowed him to to kind of suss the you know players out. You know, get get his uh, make his own stamp on it and and again tweak it the way he's wanted. Uh, uh, to be honest with you, I think Scott Brown was always going to be an outstanding signing. Uh, you know, you don't need to tell Scott Brown how to play and how to drive players on and how to lift a football club, um, a serial winner. Um, and uh, as I think, you know, the, the you know the other players, he's, he's, you say the younger players, he's helped to develop. So yeah, I mean, re- really good positive signs. Ramirez looks a right good signing. He's scoring goals again when you bring players in to hit the ground running. It makes a big difference because it puts trust in the manager and the players believe him and the fans believe in them. Um, I think that. There's still a little bit Jim Manuel Thomas has started to find his feet a little bit just trying to get the you know the best way to play him. But you're right, he's he's not uh, shy of making decisions. And when he has made decisions, whether it be substitution or, or, or changes to the team, um, they've been positive and they've been successful. So yeah, good good um, good signs for Aberdeen, and uh, I think they'll be really competitive this year at the top end of the table. Again, uh, I'm happy for Stephen Glass because when he came in, everyone said, "Ah, oh, Dave Cormack's puppet." 
Brought him over from America Where he was handling Atlanta's second team And didn't have a particularly high success rate At that either uh, But as uh, the caller has said Everything he's touched so far Has turned to gold for him um, They're at Wraith Rovers on Sunday In the Premier Sports Cup uh, It's been a problem ground for Aberdeen in the past But I, I don't get any sense of uh, that match has been problematic for Stephen Glass Very encouraging signs Again Still to meet You know who Celtic and Rangers We'll see how he gets one against them Do you remember that famous afternoon When Mark McGee said, oh, yeah. a, said a sweary word yes. live Live on Clyde One Super no. Scoreboard After Aberdeen played with the Rovers I'll never forget it uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, When he was asked if the, the equalising goal Had saved his job Oh dear uh, But Stephen Glass I think will travel With Scott Brown as his captain And travel optimistically to Fife uh, And as I say Very mm. encouraging signs um, we need still to get into the guts of the season They need still to go to Celtic Park And Ibrooks And have Celtic and Rangers at their place And all of that stuff uh, But very encouraging signs James, I always try to stay away from the football cliche book And sometimes you just can't When you look at the Livingston game last week You might know what's coming here Is that the type of game Aberdeen would not have gone on to win last season? Uh, absolutely, the game last night to be fair, we went to go in, you know, and in all honesty, Stephen sat back a little bit in the first half and sitting in the stands of watching it saying, you know, we need to get a goal in this game. And Derek McInnes would have sat in that to the 80th minute, you know, and then we'd have lost the goal and it would have been panic time. But fair play to him, half time, he made the changes. McLennan came on, Ojo came on, Ojo goes on that waltzy run, sets up an outstanding goal, and the game completely changed, you know, and, and I just think fair play to Glass, he's got this, you know, he's got the conviction. Of his decisions to to go and do it, and you know, so far so good. I say it's early in the season, as you say. I think Declan Gallagher still hit the ground running. He's possibly holding a holding a bit of a knock, and there, there are a few shaky moments at the back. But so far so good. It looks very encouraging. It was nice to speak to you, James. Make sure you stay in touch as the season progresses. Have a good night. Right, good man. That was James. From Falkirk Speaking of Wraith Rovers Against Aberdeen I'm very much looking forward To bringing this up On tomorrow's show The official SPFL account Tweeted today Saying it's Premier Sports Cup weekend Wraith Rovers Aberdeen Gordon DL Netted this strike In 1993 mm. When the sides met At Starks And there's a clip of it It is a tap in From two yards He nearly misses it Perfect. And then he pulls off This stupid celebration So I'm going to need To get his <laughs> thoughts on it You can see it on my Twitter feed At Gordon oh. Duncan 7 I'm going to quiz the, quiz him on it tomorrow. Will we try and get him to recreate it, Hugh? Yeah. Well, in the studio. Well, the hip's been sorted now, right, so fine. it should be okay. Absolutely. Right, let's revisit this teaser. Is still, the key the hips don't <laughs> still, Rangers, what, the hips might not, but uh, Rangers <laughs> yeah. won them firmly nil, 11 gone. There are six players who won an SPL Player of the Month or Young Player of the Month 10 years ago, the 2011 12 season, but they're currently playing in the Scottish top flight. Who are they? Stephen Davis and Scott Brown. Charlie Mulgrew Yes Charles James Forrest Yes Two to get We'll get them next Number one For football In Glasgow and the West 0141 951 1025 Clyde One Super Scoreboard Into the final part of tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard With 15 minutes gone It's Rangers 1 Dunfermline nil. John Lundstrom scored inside Two minutes I think it was pretty much Bang on the two minute mark He rattled one in Off the underside of the bar to provide a dream start for Stephen Gerrard and a nightmare start for
or Peter Grant There's not been much in it since Rangers have obviously forried forward a few times And uh, Dunfermline looking to keep themselves in it It reminds me Hugh The last time the sides met It was in the League Cup oh. It was early August It was at Ibrox And Rangers won 6-0 that night So the Dunfermline fans will remember that I'm sure Well uh, you know they're, they're in the Rangers half of the field now They, they haven't been there very often uh, 16 minutes into the game But they are taking a pounding They'll be very lucky to That, that game finished 6-0 uh, After Rangers under Pedro Cachinha Had lost the progress Nethercon uh, Circumstances Slightly similar to what's happened tonight A European setback And now you've got to make uh, An example of Dunfermline And uh, it, it's shaping up that way How things change in four years eh? That Rangers team Anik, Cardoso, Hodson, Alves, Dorans, Windas, Rossiter, Candias, Miller mm. Morelos and Tavernier were in there But yeah, how I things change Football changes very quickly now Listen, uh, you know, I would say This time next year You might well still see several changes Even in the Rangers team Absolutely, let's bring in Robert Who's in Mount Vernon How are you Robert? I know bad Gordon, how are you doing? Good, yeah, all good, what's your point? I'm not sure um, Well basically, the guy phoned me and I couldn't take a call Because I was awake and a big lovely special fish supper <laughs> right, so. <laughs> Hold that thought, I want to hear more about that Rangers have just gone 2-0 up So let me uh, reveal what's going on Scott Wright is the man celebrating in front of a big crowd He slammed it beyond Mehmet And with 17 gone, it's Ranger 2 them Dunfermline nil. Yeah, I mean, again, it's a lovely ball played, and uh, you know, and Scott Wright does what he does. He, you know, he get he plays on the show. The defenders, Hadji plays a lovely little weighted pass, but uh, you know, he's, the defenders got to show him on his left foot. He lets him cut in from an inside left position on his favoured right foot, and then he gives a go with the eyes. He thinks he's going to play it across him, and he mm. goes into the near post. I, I think the goalkeeper's got to stand a little bit longer, and do a little bit better. I appreciate that, that no matter what Dunfermline do tonight, Rangers might well win. But mm. with your coaching hat on mm. to a complete layman like me. Mm. Is it wise for Dunfermline to be so, so high? high? Yeah. Well, that's again, 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 as I said, you know, Scott Wright is one of those players who will go beyond you, and again, I think he gives Rangers a yeah. different option in that type of that type of player. At Robert, was the special fish supper good? Was it mm-hmm. worth putting us off for? Oh, brilliant, Gordon. Oh, I'm jealous. I'm absolutely starving. What about mm-hmm. football though? Before you make me any hungrier. Well, I missed. I missed a lot of the reason you're talking about. I know that I was just wanting to go into, but. Celtic and Rangers in Europe. This has been happening for years. Well, Rangers, after 10 years, Malmo game, right? Celtic have done it for the last four or five years, whatever, right? And I feel, I mean, the teams that they're playing, I know for a well, I don't know, but I put my life on it. Celtic and Rangers would beat the teams if they played them in another three weeks, four weeks. And you know the teams like Celtics, like AK Athens and Cluj and uh, Maribor, Malmo, we've played all them as well. And Mitchell and Venezuela's right. I know for a fact that Celtic and Rangers would beat A teams in maybe a month's time. I think they would. But it you, seems to come you to don't know for a fact. Listen, Robert, cast your mind back. Cast your mind back to last season. When Celtic were losing in the Champions League to Ferenc Varos, the season was well underway. And then when they dropped into the Europa League. Well, Ferenc Varos was quite early, wasn't it? That would have been the. The end of August though uh, 3-0 now to Rangers Yanis Hadji, Jim Duffy Yeah Again, good play from Rangers On the left-hand side uh, Ball played in from Bassey Who's got up And we're talking about uh, One or two callers Talking about Barisic's crosses But a terrific cross from Barisic uh, Hadji just peels off the defender Again, for me The goal he comes Flaps at it Misses it And Hadji in at the back post Does well um, But it's a, you know Again, good build-up play from Rangers um, On the left-hand side Good cross 
And a, and a good feeling from Hadji He's in the right place But the goalkeeper for Bassi's me Comes now, chasing it now made two Yeah um, A little bit of criticism For Barisic earlier I'm not getting carried away Before anything But just you know He's, yeah. he's taking his chance so far Hugh this could be anything uh, I'm beginning to fear um, You know Fear double figures mm. Actually Because uh, Dunfermline are Being Chill skinned alive in. Skinned alive at the mm. back The goalkeeper's not up to much uh, and we haven't gone 20 minutes yet And it's 3-0 So I'm beginning to be fearful But that's what was always going to happen the Rangers were looking for lambs to take to the slaughter And Dunfermline haven't even started the championship season well uh, And it could be anything They're in now for a fourth if they can But uh, anyway, to go back to Robert's point Never mind Ferdinand Barros then by the time was, Celtic got Slavia to the Prague. Slavia Prague's of this world, Robert, they were losing four at Celtic Park. Sparta Prague, but Sparta, Sparta Prague, Prague yeah. a, and Slavia four uh, in Prague. So you know the season was well underway then. We're we're just looking for any old excuse. Uh, Mitchell and were bang average opposition, and Celtic got sucked in and put out. Malmo. I think Rangers if Celtic had the team they have now, now never mind. You know, yeah. three or four weeks in. I'm just talking about now uh, because he's got a goalkeeper and he's got a centre back in. So is that, um, is that kind of what Robert's saying then? Well, no, because it was Celtic was a different set of circumstances. It's their own fault for not signing yeah, Miller. They, they should have had players in and had the manager mm. situation dealt with a lot sooner. So I think all of these things, I think, was was to do with the background stuff. But I think that um, you know the, the the team itself they have now, the way they're playing now, I think they would they would beat Mitchell and Robert. But you're right. I don't think it's any amount Robert, of games. We've had difficult. Times in the qualification route I, I grant you that However When Brendan Rodgers qualified Twice for the Champions League And in the last few seasons When Steven Gerrard's got Rangers Into the Europa League group stages Did, did they not prove That if you're at it and, and you take care of your own Side of things Having not long started your season Isn't an obstacle Do we not only look for that When it doesn't go well? Mm, no I just feel You talking to me there God? Yes I just feel like, no excuse saying that, but as far as I'm concerned, Celtic you can give Celtic a bit of leeway this year because they're just starting up. But every year it's happened every year. It's too early. It's just too early for their players to go up to speed. Different Europa League. It's an easier. It's an easier cup. Let's be honest. Yeah, but but that's my point. Firstly, it doesn't happen every year because no. I just mentioned some exceptions and. The Champions League Yet yeah, you can say As a tournament It's more difficult But are Malmo Any better Than who Rangers Have played previously uh, and Marginally Maybe And Robert says the, Euro- the Europa League Is easier I mean Celtic Finished bottom Of their group yeah. Robert you need to Wake up and smell The coffee here No I mean that, that That is It is true to be Obviously I mean It's it's a fact That the Champions League Is a harder tournament But I'm, I'm ta- I feel like that's Giving Malmo Too much praise Because when you're In the qualification stage Rangers have Rangers have beaten teams like that in the past. Jim. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. They've, both teams have won and beat bigger teams, and both teams have lost to really poor teams. So again, it's it's not about how many games you've played. It's been ready and prepared. I mean, your preparation, your pre-season, you know, the type of games you organise, getting your players. How many times, uh, you know, have they made signings after being knocked out? Get these signings earlier. Get your business done earlier. Um, and, and, and get prepared a Proper preparation Before these games And because You'll reap the rewards By qualifying And uh, getting that money back uh, Tenfold the Can't always agree Robert But it was nice to hear from you mm-hmm. That was Robert In Mount Vernon Still Rangers 3 Dunfermline nil, And it's um, Going to be a long night Hugh For uh, Peter Grant well, As I say I'm really fearful uh, For him And the Dunfermline players They've just been Swamped uh, 
it, it will be what Rangers want it to be If they get to five or six And then decide to stop Good, we- but good weekend moment- tomorrow in the cup Jim Duffy's mm. Air United team taking on Dundee United We've got Dundee against Motherwell We've got Livingston St Mirren And then of course on to Sunday some crackers as well Wraith Aberdeen, Hibs Kelly are both St Johnston and Celtic The Hearts. Dundee United manager Thomas Court said last week He had a feeling they would beat Rangers mm-hmm. Well that makes him a clairvoyant in my eyes mm-hmm. uh, I wonder how he's been feeling about Air United all week Yeah fair play I mean everyone wrote them off against Rangers Said no chance I think most people thought it would be a comfortable win for Rangers But uh, you know they won and So they'll be coming down the air Full of confidence But maybe confidence really And uh, you know I think that it'll be a real tough test But uh, you know from us to play a Premier League side uh, They'll bring good support Which is always uh, you know invaluable mm-hmm. for now Because you know everyone's looking to, to get fans back in again I think it'll, be a, it'll create a great atmosphere The Celtic one is fascinating because two weeks ago they go to Tynecastle and lose uh, and it was a black night for the Celtic supporters but so much has changed since then personnel has changed uh, momentum has switched three games since then 13 goals um, it'd be fascinating in front of 60,000 on Sunday Rangers almost make it four Nathan Patterson's shot is tipped over the bar and they now have a corner kick so it's going to be a tough night for Dunfermline. We'll look back on it all on tomorrow's show. We're here at the usual slot. Ah, well, I say usual, it changes all the time now with the <laughs> kickoff times. But we're here at two o'clock tomorrow and a big day in the League Cup. You have got two more to get on this teaser. We're looking for two more players who won an SPL Player of the Month or Young Player Award in 2011, 2012, 10 years ago. And they currently play in our top flight. Ryan Stevenson. No, he, no. he doesn't Liam's play in the top flight. N- no, Lewis Stevenson. Oh, Lewis Stevenson, no. No. Uh, Charlie Adam? No. Uh, Andy Considine? No. You've got Stephen Davis, Scott Brown, Charlie Mulgrew, James Paul Forrest. Hanlon? No. Liam Craig? Right, I'm going to need to give you some clues. Now plays for Hearts. Uh, Used to play for Celtic and Dundee United was probably where he won this award. Gary McKay Stephen. And the last one plays for Dundee. Was a kid Paul McGowan Yeah there we go Well done Thank you Jim Duffy and Hugh Keevans Jim enjoy your weekend Hugh will see you tomorrow Uh, Thank you to you Thank you for a very very busy show On the phones And on Twitter We are back tomorrow At 2 o'clock So make sure you join us Just one final score check Before we leave you Is Rangers 3 Dunfermline nil 26 on the clock And George Bowie is already In the studio That's how keen he is GBX up next (laughs) 